Hey guys, welcome to Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, a show that helps people create financial freedom through real estate investing. I'm your host, Martin Perdomo, a real estate investor and entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience. Thank you again for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, so today I have Sam Wilson, which has a, an amazing podcast. He had me on his podcast on how to scale commercial real estate podcast. Sam has nine years of successful real estate investing experience in the self-storage, parking, multifamily apartments, single-family homes. His diverse background in business and real estate has allowed him to participate in a variety of asset classes and bring strategic value and meaningful relationships to each opportunity. And uh, welcome, brother. Welcome to Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. Well, Martin, thank you for having me on. Certainly appreciate it. It was great also having you on the show. Why don't you share a little bit first about yourself? Because usually I don't do really good justice on the intro. Grew up in an entrepreneurial family, uh, but also grew up fairly poor. By entrepreneurial, I mean like we all work for ourselves, but didn't really ever make any money. So grew up very poor. And I wouldn't trade that for the world because that is where I learned to work. Uh, At a very young age, learned how to go out on job sites with dad in the flooring industry, learned to work. Ended up launching a flooring business of our own, my brother and I. Well, he was already doing it. I worked for him all the way through high school. And then when I was 21, we took the company and just blew the doors off of it. And uh, that was where I really learned business and entrepreneurialism and hiring and firing, you know, hiring guys twice my age and being responsible for 30 something employees. It was a lot. Uh, Baptism by fire, bought out part of that company when I was 25, sold it when I was 30, went through the downturn, had enough of the trades, had enough of the flooring business uh, and sold it when I was 30 and then didn't know what to do next. I'm 30 years old. um, I have no college degree. I've only ever worked for myself. Like I'm completely unhirable, like, you know, from a corporate world perspective, like, hey, so what do you do? Like, I don't know. I go out and figure out ways to make money. Like, what do you mean? What do I, do? I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a skill set that would translate. And I still don't. Mm-hmm. It would translate to any corporate environment. Like it's just I just completely unhirable. So um, and I still would say that I'm still I, st- I wouldn't even hire myself today. Like, oh, my <laughs> employee. Uh, but that said, I didn't know what to do next. And I would say it was the good Lord having mercy on an idiot. Uh, because I was, we, we had moved to Tennessee where my wife is from and, uh, I started tracking foreclosures this was back in 2013, you know, banks were still unloading a lot of property in 2013 they were. and there was nobody buying it. And, uh, one day I just happened to be looking at a auction site and it wasn't even an auction site here in Tennessee. They would list them via the attorneys. And so the attorneys would post on the website, Hey, this on their own personal website, these houses are coming up for sale. And here's even the opening bid. I saw a house two miles away. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's two miles away. I saw the opening bid. I'm like, oh, that's crazy cheap. I drove over there. Um, you know, I found my way into it because it was vacant. It was knee deep in trash. And I'm like, and I'm being in the trades. I said, man, this is a great house. It just, it just needs a lot of love. Uh, so two hours later, I owned a house. Uh, bought it at the courthouse steps, made a pile of money on it. And I said, gosh, if I can do it once, I can just keep doing it. So here we are 10 years later in many iterations, as you could tell from my uh, crazy bio there of all the things that we've gotten involved in. But uh, that's how I cut my teeth in real estate was buying foreclosures. I bought real estate foreclosures at the auctions at the courthouse steps all the way through 2018. Wow. That's, uh, oh, just that's, recent. Really recent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's pushing almost five years ago now. Crazy. But that's when I transitioned to commercial. In 2018, which you can show how, how broken my crystal ball was, I said, man, housing and prices are, you know, they're getting too high and or the competition is getting so stiff because it's the lowest barrier to entry is a single family home. Not saying it's a bad play because I think it's, you know, there's still value to be found and extracted there. But I said, there's got to be greener pasture 
where I'm not duking it out with everybody because the courthouse steps now were just chock full of people. I used to go to the courthouse and it was just me. I'd go there, there'd be the, there'd be the auction guy, and I'd bid $1 over. We'd sign the paperwork, I'd give him the checks, and I'd go home. Right. Now there's 50 people there. And it's like, okay, now this is this is just not, this, this strategy's got to change. You know, I grew up in New York, and parking is a nightmare. And yeah. it's never a question, like, where we're going to park. We just know we're going to pay the 50, 75, 100 bucks for the hour or two hours to park our car so we don't have to worry about the headache. And sometimes I do the math and I look at these parking lots. I'm like, holy crap, these guys are killing it, man. I'm here for two hours. I'm here for three hours. I'm going to dinner. I'm going to a Broadway show. I'm doing whatever. And I'm leaving in three and they're making 100 bucks, 75 bucks, right, for a short term. Tell me, how do you get into that business? Tell me about that business. When you say parking, is that what you mean? It is what I mean. Partnered up with a guy that was in the parking business. He did a lot of brokering, but did also a lot of owned his own lots. And I said, hey, man, I want to learn the parking business from you. He said, okay, cool. Well, here's what you do. And he just said, here's how you go find lots. Go find them. We'll take them down and split them. I'm like, okay, that's fair enough for me. I do all the work and he gets to tell me if it's a good deal or not. And I get to learn from him along the way, which was an invaluable relationship. I still have that an excellent relationship with him today. Uh, we did that for a couple of years, you know, so I really didn't actually get our first deal closed until 2019. So I was still doing single family housing. I was trying to figure out the parking business. And then in 2019, uh, got our first deal done. And but then 2020 happened. Mm-hmm. So really I had, had about one good year of finding and acquiring parking lots and uh, 2020 happened and it killed the parking industry. Oh, I mean, you think right. who was going to ball games, who was going to nights, you know, night and weekends, who was going to downtown New York, who was going to all these places and parking? I mean, not even office parking, not airport parking. It was crushed. That's when I had to make a strategic pivot because one, I still want to feed my family. And two, it was just like, there's nothing in the foreseeable future that's going to really make this an attractive investment. It's a cool investment for the right spot. You can, you can, like you said, sometimes you can buy a lot that are just little gold mines and it still can be found. I'm not saying it's a dead asset class by any means. The amount of effort to acquire just, just didn't pencil out anymore. It's like, man, this is, we're duking it out and just, I mean, looking at a hundred deals and maybe getting one even LOI out the door at most. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a lot of numbers, man. You got to go through a lot of deals. Well, we talk about real estate where you bring guys like me on, I bring guys like you on, guys that are actually doing this stuff in the real world. How important is that for a listener and how important has that been for you in your journey? Man, I will say this early on, I listened to tons and tons and tons of podcasts, Mm -hmm. hosting a podcast. I I quit listening because I get to, I get to have the direct interview with people like yourself. Mm-hmm. So in the last two years, I've done 740 something interviews. The last couple of years to do 700 some podcasts. That's, 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 that's a big congratulations. Yeah. That's a big deal. But the, but the, but the, but just the knowledge and the network I have built from on this side of the microphone, mm-hmm. being able to, that's been awesome. But also, I mean, I think back, I, I don't know where I'd be not having been able to listen to guests like yourself for the last mm-hmm. two years. I mean, I've, I've got a whole different business plan and strategy just because I've, and again, listen yeah. to my guests while yeah. I talk to them. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been amazing, and that would be uh, you know top top three things you can do from interviewing that many people. Top three things you've taken away for you and your business that you can give away to our listeners here. Wow, this is this is unscripted, Martin. I wish I had Shoot a little time to think about this. So Shoot it, man, it's going to be the best answer. The, the one you're going to give is the best answer. Top three things the the team makes that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Like who your team is, you can't you can't grow. I think when I think about the name of my show is how to scale 
And it's something that I'm taking very personally to heart because I've been a solopreneur uh, for a long time. I had, like I said, in the flooring business, 30 something employees. And when I got done with that, I said, I don't want more employees. I just don't. Uh, and I think I've, you know, I've, so I've run solo for a decade, building various co-general partnerships, building teams that way, but no direct employees. And I think the one thing that I've really taken away from everybody that's grown and, and scaled a successful company is that you got to find good people and you got to find those good people and put them on your team. And hopefully they're a lot smarter than you are. And so that's been kind of a tough, uh, a growing pain for me is just uh, not growing pain, but a growing lesson. It's like, gosh, Sam, if you actually ever want to really take your business to the next level, you're going to have to bring people on. I'm going to have to find a good operations partner. I'm going to have to find a good acquisitions partner. There's got to be some of these. I can't just farm it out through co-general partnerships anymore, which has been a great way to grow and scale, by the way. I've taken down some really cool assets with some really cool partnerships that uh, are working very well. But, you know, it's not where the money is in the long haul. In the long haul, if I'm going to build my own firm, it's got to be with really cool and great team members. And we've seen that and seen it play out really, really well. My phone doesn't ring maybe oh, once a week. Got to love that. Got to love like, that. And so I think that's the one thing is that, you know, if you're going to scale, you got to find good team. I'm bringing on an, an acquisitions guy and swallowing a pretty tough, tough nut uh, in order to do that starting January 1 of 2023. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, these are the two assets we're going after. And you're going to work for me. And that's what we're doing. And that's, uh, you know, that's a big move for me. Cause again, I, I kind of like to ride and run solo, uh, just from having previous experience with too many employees. And I don't, you know, so that, that's a growing, so that's number one, two is focus. And that's something I've struggled and suffered when I, and again, I'm, I'm telling you all the things I've done wrong uh -huh. and, and that I have paid the price for not selecting and focusing in. Uh, and I think that's, that's hard as an entrepreneur, especially as an entrepreneur that grew up without a lot. Uh, in the sense that we always assume, at least I do, you know, when you're hungry, everything looks like food. And so mm -hmm. it's like, That's right. oh, man, it's a good deal. We, we got to do that. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. go, man. We can make a pile of money on that roll. Let's go, go, go. And the next thing you know, you're mistaking activity for progress. And that's really, really painful. One, one guest said it this way. They said, you know, it's not that we say no, it's that we say not yet. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I like, that. I like that a lot. I think those two are good enough. The top yeah, that's, two. That's powerful. I want to go back kind of to your to your podcast. I know you and I have talked. There's two types of people. There's extroverts like myself, and then there's introverts. And you you had alluded to the fact that you're an introvert. So For sure. How, how does a how does an introvert right do 700 and uh, 700 plus interviews? Maybe we have an introvert listening, and they're like, "Man, I want to build a business, and I love what Sam is saying about building a team and, and doing all this cool stuff so I can grow." How do you manage that as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a CEO? You know, where you constantly have to be talking to people. You have to be putting deals together. You have no choice. I know because I'm a CEO. I'm a leader as well. We have no choice. We got to be in the forefront of, we are the face and the forefront of our business. It's a discipline. I mean, that's just it. You know, and, and just to clarify, like, it, you know, introvert doesn't mean I'm socially awkward, which I probably am. But mm -hmm. uh, it, it just, like you said it, Martin, you said you, it drains energy. Yeah, energy. So yeah. on podcast day, you know, if I'll do eight, 10 podcasts back to back, man, I take a big old nap. I have to, mm. like, I just, I'm, I am mentally spent, emotionally spent. It's like, I just can't, I can't get up and do anything else mm -hmm. until I get a nap. Uh, and I do nap every single day. Mm -hmm. That's one way. Uh, I take a 20 minute nap on a religious basis. I take a nap so regularly that I can recall the last time I didn't take one. So it it was like four months ago, and I hated that day because I just couldn't break free, and it was like, 
oh man, it was the longest day of my life. So I take about a 20 minute nap every single day. And that, that really helps me just kind of get up and go back to it. I think also, you know, um, but it is a discipline. And I think that's just part of it. It's just saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Like if you're getting started and you're trying to go to meetups and you're like, gosh, I hate doing this. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't go out on nights and weekends. I just, it's just not my game. Like I'd much rather sit at home with my wife or the kids and, you know, do just play, play, be with the family than, mm-hmm. than go do go out in the town. Um, but that being said, you know, if it's tough for you to get out, you just got to force yourself to do it. It's a muscle. And the more you use it, the easier it becomes. It doesn't mean you aren't exhausted into the night, but it does become easier for you just to go out and say, hey, I'm going to engage. And also, you know, you walk into a room, especially early on, like say you walk into a, a real estate meetup or something like that. Keep in mind that everyone else there is probably as, as uncomfortable as you are. And so the first thing you can do is just shake the hand of the person closest to you, introduce yourself and start talking to them. Just force yourself to do it. And I have to do that when I go to conferences and things like that, because you can walk in and there's a thousand be like, oh, this is yep. awkward. Like, no, hey, man, what's up, Martin? Hey, oh, cool. You see your name badge. Oh, my name's Sam. What are, you, what are you up to, man? Like, okay, where do you get into? Where do you live? Just start asking people genuine questions. I think that's another thing you can do mm-hmm. is, is really, really get other people to talk about themselves. So I spend a lot of time trying to do that is get other people to talk to me about themselves, which is far less or far more comfortable for me than me talking to them about me. So that also is one of my, one of my tricks, just always turn the conversation back to them. And I think that's uh that for me has worked out really well. That, so hopefully it's a really good trick. That's a really good trick. Cause once you get people talking about themselves, they like you, right? People like to talk about themselves. So you, you build for that sure. instant connection. So that's a really, really good strategy. What do you think? And what do you see the market is headed to? And what's your opinion for someone in this market getting, wanting to get started and come in the game? Find an asset class that can be recession resistant. Everything is going to experience some sort of pain. So, you know, find the one that, that fits your that fits your appetite and risk tolerance uh, and, and structure it really well. One of the things, you know, that we're seeing right now as interest rates rise, and I think they're going to continue to rise because inflation is still, despite what they say, it's running, it's running wide open. I don't know. I went to the grocery store the other day and I was buying a dozen eggs. And these weren't the these weren't the free range, you know. We pet our chickens every day and hand feed them, and you know, call them by their name. <laughs> yeah, man, it wasn't it wasn't the fancy people eggs, like because I'll tell you what, I buy the old bleached white eggs that you know are normally <laughs> like a dollar ninety nine a dozen. Those were five bucks a dozen. I was like, yeah. oh, holy yeah. smoke! Like, like the cheap eggs are five, and, the, and then the, and then the and then the the bougie eggs were like eight bucks a dozen. I'm like, oh my! And this is at the regular old, you know local grocery store mm-hmm. i think it's running wide open so you got to find you got to find a, an asset class that kind of you know fits your risk tolerance and also you got to find something you know structure your debt properly and that's the other thing is like looking at looking at short term short term debt i think can really really crush you and i've heard this over and over on the show with people and and friends in the business who've made some less than stellar debt decisions and now they're just getting hammered on it. Great assets, but their interest rate reserves are—they were a thousand bucks a month before. Now they're twenty thousand bucks a month. And on like a fifty—a fifty-unit property, a twenty thousand dollar a month interest rate reserve—it's un—it's unworkable. Like you're now in in the red every single month on what used to be a very profitable property. So structuring your debt properly, I think, is another thing. Long-term fixed interest rate debt—you um, know—on commercial, it's a little tougher just because. 
you may run the risk of prepayment penalties and things like that if you exit early. But to be honest with you, you know, if it's a, if it's a five-year penalty, I don't think you're going to be getting out of it for the same rates that you were in 2021. I mean, you know, valuations were through the roof in 21. The likelihood that you're going to even run into that, oh, wait, we got to sell early because we're going to make so much money on it is going to get a lot lower. So buy stuff that makes money today. Like I just bought an RV park this week. Going in with no changes to the park, it's a 15 cap. Okay. I'm nice. good with that. Very nice, yeah. brother. That's freaking amazing. I'm good with that. And, yeah. and that and that leaves us an, an incredible amount of padding. Yes, our debt sucks. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. The debt's like seven and a half percent for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But what's our spread on that? Eight, seven, seven and a half percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a heck of a spread. So, you know, those are the types of things that I want to look at right now. Um, And then and then look at, you know, things you don't want to be exposed, in my opinion. Again, this is my Mm -hmm. my strategy. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be exposed to long term leases either, where it's like I want to be able to reset those. And that's why I love the RV resort business, because every 30 days I can. Oh, sorry. You know, eggs are now 10 bucks a dozen. And your rent that was or your, you know, the nightly rate that was 30, it's now 60 whatever. I mean, we can keep up with inflation on a pretty, pretty easy, as long as the customer in the end, uh, you know, can afford it. But, um, you know, those are some of the things I think about. I'm going to rapid fire a few questions for you. And I just want you to fill in the blank for us. Okay. You ready? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to learn how to speak Spanish. Real estate is awesome. I always wanted to travel to. Well, that's a good one, man. I've done a lot of traveling and I'm privileged to say that, but where do I always want to travel to Cyprus? I always have my blank with me. Can I say this on the podcast? Yeah, whatever you want. My six hour, nine millimeter. There you go. Money, money is? A tool. Family or business? Family. Pizza or pasta? Giordano's pizza out of Chicago all day. Nice. Haven't had that one. I'll make sure when I visit Chicago, I'll go there. Wine or beer? Beer. Words or action? Action. Passion or stability? Stability. And lastly, angry client or angry coworker? Coworker. Coworker. Amazing, brother. Thank you for being such a great. Um, Again, thank you, Sam. If the audience or one of the listeners wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Where should they get go and learn more about you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I would go to brickeninvestmentgroup.com. That's B-R-I-C-K-E-N, investmentgroup.com. Uh, and you can, there's lots to learn on there. Podcast is on there as well. Uh, join our mailing list. Join our Brick and Investor Club. That's how you hear about deals. That's how you hear about opportunities. Every Friday, I send out a newsletter uh, to the Brick and Investor Club, just kind of letting them know what we're seeing in the marketplace and what we're doing and uh, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity in front of us, which is a great a great place to be. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's the only place you'll hear about it. So again, brickandinvestmentgroup.com. Guys, make sure you check him out on brickandinvestmentgroup.com. As you heard, this is a season, a real experienced investor. Make sure you go check out his podcast too, uh, brickandinvestmentgroup.com. Check it out. Check out his deals. I mean, he's doing a lot of neat stuff, RV parks, a lot of really cool stuff. And uh, make sure you go and check him out. Thank you guys for listening. Sam, my friend, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you, brother. Look forward to having you back soon. Thank you, Martin. Certainly appreciate it. 
And guys, and this is Martin Perdomo, the Elite Strategist and Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Appreciate you guys. Peace out. <laughs>